Hey y'all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank Good. I'm here with Jonathan. Hey, hey yo. Alright, we have a lot to talk about today. I will be honest with you guys, it's gonna be a lot of Avatar. We've been crazy <laughs> for it over here. But we have some news before that. How much are you done watching Avatar, by the way? Yes, I watched all of the, the first season that dropped. Um, watched it all through once and now I'm watching it a second time. Yeah. I figured I want to watch the second time and take a little bit of notes because there were some things I was you know, loving and some things I wasn't and I was going to uh, break them down. I was like, oh, maybe we'll do a scene by scene uh, review. But as I watch it the second time, I'm like, ah, the things that I was kind of annoyed with or didn't like as much aren't as bad as I thought they were the first time yeah. around. So I'm just falling in love with it more watching the second time. <laughs> it's been brutal for us over at Child Accepted because we've been reviewing every single episode. Mm-hmm. So we're making episode for every episode over the last few days. Yeah. And I'm excited to now rewatch it and just enjoy it you know, yeah and not have to like analyze every little bit of it that'll be nice yeah so. I, I didn't even realize you guys were doing that already too that's good yeah so every oh, episode um by the time this episode came out every episode all, uh, has reviewed on challenge except if you guys wanted to listen along and nice uh, but yeah it's it's a great little show it's, we'll talk about it more in the end of course yeah um just a heads up guys we have capital creative showcase coming up on april 20th we're going to be there once again showcasing geek freaks podcast of course but also the Sacramento local video game development scene. Some high schoolers have been working on their development skills and they're going to be bringing them to show off what they've got, kind of like a science fair mm-hmm. for video games. And so we're excited to, to see who's been kicking butt over with that. And we're going to be playing uh, right... <laughs> I got to remember because next we've already been pro- planning next year's tournament, but this year uh, it sounds like it's going to be... Go- uh, I'm sorry, Smash Brothers um, this time yeah. around. And we're going to have a prize for it and like that. It's going to be really chill. We're trying to get other podcasters to join us. So if you're a podcaster and would like to... Go and interview a lot of video game developers. Uh, hit me up, DM me however you want, and I'll set you up to get in there. But yeah, it's always a fun event. We enjoy it. So that's coming up April 20th. You guys yeah. can get your tickets now for a discount. Just ask for, just ask me and I'll get it to you. Nice. Yes. And then also <laughs> uh, Outlast Podcast starts this week. So yes. that's our one of our podcasts in our network. Who's got next game podcasts out there? Challenge accepted. Yada, yada, yada. Google Geek Freaks and you'll find everything. That's yeah, all okay. we got to do. What kinds of stuff going on? Jonathan, let's get into the news. Yeah, yeah, let's jump in. Uh, so, if you haven't heard, Fairly Odd Parents is coming back. They got a Fairly Odd Parents series called uh, Fairly Odd Parents: A New Wish, and it has all the original—I believe all, or at least most—of the original voice actors. I am ecstatic. Are you ready for this, Frank? Yeah, you know what? It's uh, yeah. I Timmy, I'm I'm happy they don't bring back Timmy. Like they're gonna go with a new family, new kid, or whatever. Mm. Uh, but it's a fun story and it's a cool world they're building. I always liked like where they'd go back to the fairly odd parents or whatever uh, world where mm-hmm. they had like that little military dude. It's a fun. <laughs> this was a show that came out like when you were a kid. So I watched it through you essentially. Yeah. But um, yeah, this is really good. There's a good I, show. Remember Chalk Zone? I know this is off topic, oh, but Chalk Zone was really good. good. Yeah. They came out this type. Yeah. I remember this was one of the shows that I had back when the yeah, was a Game Boy Advance or Game Game Boy. One of the ones that folded up. Yeah. Uh, advanced SP. It, there you go. I had the 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 little memory card or whatever that was an episode or two episodes, something like that. Yes. Oh, Fairly Odd Parents. So I would watch it over and over again, just the same couple episodes. And uh, uh, SpongeBob, yeah. the one where he'd go jellyfishing. Yeah, yeah, that one too. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Dang. Uh, but yeah, this is a good show, and I'm excited to you know have. The, I haven't watched this with my son yet, who's three. He's still into like Elmo and smaller, you know, younger stuff, but. Uh, it's cool that they're making more of something that I liked as a kid that now my son will be able to watch fresh and new uh, as he grows up. So 
exciting. That's the key. It's not just rehashing what's already been done, like finding a way to bring Timmy back. Yeah. But it's just like, hey, we have the two people, you know, people you know, but we're going to give it a whole new kid, all new mm-hmm. stories. I think yeah. that's a really good combination. Like, we don't necessarily need to see, like, Spongebob come back. I don't even know if Spongebob's done yet. But uh, I don't know. I It's probably still on, actually, not saying that out loud. <laughs> but, yeah. like, start something new that's in that bikini bottom world that would be kind of fun. I think that's yeah. Cool. yeah. Continue in the same world. It's just some tweaks to the characters and stuff. Or new there, characters. Rumors are saying they're working on a Danny, Danny Phantom live action movie. Live action. Interesting. Yes. yes. Uh, they could easily botch that. So I'm yeah. leery or hesitant, but because especially it sounds like it would, I'd imagine it wouldn't be a huge budget because it's not, uh, you know, super well known show. But I think that could be really cool too because I love the story. story. I like the premise. Yeah. yeah. But it's very much not realistic. It's not, doesn't, you know, play along the lines of anything, you know, physically realistic. So, uh, that would be hard to visualize that, you know, in live action. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If I mean, maybe from go, like, go along the lines of Ghostbusters or follow something thinking, else. Yeah. yeah. Something else that's done that human ghost interaction a lot successfully. Just mimic it. But especially with his parents are like ghost hunters. So yeah. it would be fun to see like they have this full Ghostbusters like setup. And yeah. then he's out there doing his ghosting abilities. Yeah, it's a, it's a solid show. Great premise. Hell of a theme song. Remember yeah. that theme song? Oh, yeah. oh so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so funny. That it's funny as kids, like that's really what catches us from most, most of our shows is that theme song getting stuck in your head. These poor kids nowadays do not have good themes. I will say Bluey's got a good theme song, but I can't yeah. think of a lot of... You're a dad. Are you seeing a lot of good theme songs nowadays or they get rid of those? <sighs> I can't think of any, honestly. I mean, kids, they don't have attention spans. Yeah. I don't, I think you're right though. I don't know if shows have theme songs leading into them as much as they used to. I remember it used to be like a long intro segue. They're like, hey, it eats up three minutes of our 20 minute show and the kids love it. Might as well put it in. They'll have transition segments of repeating a song or something like that. But yeah, I don't, I can't think of other kids shows that have, uh, Big intros, anyways. They Maybe stick like a in short your head too. Intro. Like for our generation, the Pokemon theme song is one of the best songs that's ever been created. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like those stick in your brain. And now these kids don't have it. They might remember Bluey. I think it's the only thing I could think of nowadays that yeah. has an actual intro on it. And even that's not that uh, long. We see Number Blocks. Number Blocks has a kind of a long intro because it counts in the intro. So yeah. you know we count with it. And my son loves that one. But yeah, it, nothing like they used to be though. Yeah. Back in the good old days. Uh, the good old days. Let's talk about some crazy news that came out. Uh, there, so uh, DB and I think it's Dave, you're, uh, the two creators for Game of Thrones uh, mm-hmm. for HBO. Uh, they're doing a lot of interviews because they got this series coming out called Three Body Problem, which I, I'm looking forward to trying out and checking out. Um, so but they're doing a lot of interviews. And of course, you're going to interview the creators of Game of Thrones. You're going to be like, hey, what about Game of Thrones? And they brought up the fact that when AT&T owned HBO, mm-hmm. they wanted... ATT asked them to try to film episodes vertically so that it fit on the phones. I remember hearing about that. I don't know if it was Game of Thrones or some another show, but I remember hearing that a, a, a show or movie was going to be filmed for the phone in a vertical screen like that. And then it never came out. We never saw it. Yeah. But yeah, that's crazy that, that HBO was planning on doing that for Game of Thrones. Such Could a big, ima- I can never even imagine show. trying to like purposely film that thing vertically, first of all, vertically, yeah. but also yeah. like, you can't have big ass dragons on the phone. Like, why would you waste your money on the CGI? Yeah, you would have to pan out and have a bunch of dead space, a bunch of filler scenery on the top yeah. and bottom so that it could be watched both ways without missing anything, I think. Yeah, maybe like an aerial fight between two dragons. Like, we have the undead dragon at the end. Spoiler alert. 
Undead <laughs> Dragon and Rhaenyra and uh, um, uh, Targaryen Dragons <laughs> fighting. If you had like all three on the screen at one time, that could be done better, I guess, vertically. I don't. I can't yeah. think of anything else on it. The wall, boom! The wall could be done vertically better. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I would just I, I would I'd pan out, back out the camera, and just the top and bottom would just be you know the forest above you or the sky, and then snow below yeah. you, and that way you don't cut off the sides. And I get like when you're blocking, when you're making the scenes, uh, you you bring them in and you frame them a little bit so that you can have a little bit tighter shot closer to maybe a square, you know, old school TV uh, shot. But I don't think you can make it if you make it exclusively for a vertical screen, it's going to be exclusive and it's going to be hard to show that on TVs and theaters and stuff. So I don't think it's worth the investment. That's what the creators were saying. And they're saying when ATT ran WB, it was very difficult. They clearly mm. didn't know the business really. And uh, they were saying like there were so many restrictions and budgetary restrictions and whatnot uh, that they were constantly trying to work around those. Um, one of the things that ATT wanted them to make was bite-sized episodes as well. So like, okay, yeah, you got a full episode coming out, but also we want like two episodes that are in the world of Game of Thrones that might not be fully related. We want you to write those and make those too. They're just like, they have a hard enough time. <laughs> making the show (laughs) don't distract them between episodes of this super epic saga we want you guys to just make a couple tiktoks (laughs) make very short brief clips that we could splice out like are you serious yeah uh the last thing they mentioned in this interview was that they wanted to actually do the last two seasons as big movies but Mm -hmm. att or hbo was like no it needs to be home box office we can't be leaning in on the movie thing um but that being said like we just watched Argyle. It's an Apple movie that we saw in theaters, which yeah. is kind of funny that, you know, I actually, I, yeah, I'm with AT&T on that. I think that would have been huge for them if they had such a, I mean, they obviously had such a good series on HBO, but like you're saying, yeah, it's home box office. If anybody else owned it, maybe they would have gone that route. But yeah, if you mm. put it in the big screen, uh, put it in theaters like that, I think that would have sold a ton of tickets. That's what and, the HBO creators wanted was to make it a theater thing. And AT&T said, no, it needs to be at the home. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. Cause Imagine, I think it would work on both ends because there was such a hype behind it at the time. It would not only sell a bunch of theater tickets, but then people see it's in theaters like, oh, I haven't watched the show yet. Oh, man, I got to get I got to get I got to watch it so that I can go out and see that movie with my friends next weekend. So it would, I think, encourage binging of the series more, too. Yeah. Back in the day, there was this thing where uh, they had HBO It is like streaming was so new. You had Mm -hmm. HBO now and then you had HBO Go. And Like HBO Go was for your phones and for your tablets. HBO Now was for your TV if you had like Xbox. And I remember having different apps for different devices and watching it in different ways. It was such a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, we're a little bit spoiled now. Although I hate the name just Max. That's so silly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're spoiled, but we're also working our way back to cable where, you know, everything's merging and the prices are getting higher and higher. And... The bundling. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Uh, did you see this Borderlands trailer? I did. That, that looks pretty clean, which I've never played Borderlands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard... I'm, I've heard you guys talk about it before, uh, but the the trailer it makes uh, to me it kind of looks like a like a live action Fortnite kind of game or movie. They give those vibes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They said they're trying to go for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, yeah, eh, it feels a little cheaper than Guardians of the Galaxy in my opinion. Yeah, a little cheesy, that. a little too cheesy for Guardians. Yes, um, I could see. I kind of getting maybe some D and D vibes from that that 2023, which is very good. Boy, I love that movie. Yeah. yeah, but that kind of like what the hell is Try This Adventure? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Did you have a chance to watch that movie, the D and D one? I did. I did, but I don't remember some of it. That fat <laughs> dragon. He's my favorite part. The fat dragon that's sliding down the gold, and they're like running from him. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm your guys' DM. That might come up for you guys too. I like that. I like dragon. it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, we just had a D and D session today. Uh, it's been, but it's been a few months. What oh, was your yeah, thoughts on your return to D and D after about three months? It was fun. I, I, I wish we got that tabletop uh, simula- simulator to work. Maybe oh, next time. What a pain. Uh, yeah. But it was fun. It was definitely slow and hard to agree on decisions and remember what choices we have in, in actions and stuff like that. But I think if we get back to going, you know, doing this every, you know, two, three weeks instead of, you know, three or four months, uh, we'll get a lot better at it. So I literally faster. cut out two huge sections mid thing just because I was like, these guys are going way too slow. So yeah. the ends, you guys are supposed to blow, blow right past the ends. It was real easy. Like yeah. you had to figure out the puzzle and then each turn you guys would have to roll to see who's going to attack the other two. Very mm-hmm. easy, but you guys were kind of taking your time and like, should we attack the ends? Like, no, they're telling you the puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, there was a bridge that got so missed you guys couldn't see. The mm-hmm. Griffin was going to come in and help you guys across the bridge, but you guys, I just cut Didn't. it out because I was like, yeah. not worth it. <laughs> yeah. And um, then after that, you're going to go to the Halls of Whispers where uh, each of the each of these statues were like whispering something. One wasn't mm-hmm. and it was pointing and you'd see where it's pointing and it's pointing to a ground that had runes that you guys would solve it. I was boom, cut that one too. Nope. You guys were walking <laughs> right into the boss room. Forget it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could save all that for another, uh, you know, another campaign at some point just to kind of yeah. change, change a couple of the names. Well, at this point you guys are headed to uh candle keep mystery. So we have a, we have a dedicated book for the next one, which helps. Uh, mm-hmm. This one was kind of like, let me, I don't want to waste one of these. Until we knock the rest off you guys a little bit. So that mm-hmm. was good. And, and, and myself too, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Well, Borderlands, hopefully, they're, they're trying to tell, tell us that this is not going to be necessarily related to the games. It's going to be telling the story, like, alongside the games. Which yeah, is good, because I, like I played the games, but I could not tell you the story. So just, yeah. like, show me this world. I'll be happy with that. So, like, I like, I'm really liking the Halo series. It's mm. phenomenal. But I think that telling a story of a game in the same story makes it really hard for their creative, you know, process that they need to do for, yeah. for a movie or TV show. So to tell it in the same world and just be kind of parallel with it, I think is awesome because it gives them kind of the freedom, but some of that uh, relatability or, or that, I don't know, you like it because you played the game kind of thing. And it makes the haters kind of back off a little bit. Like it's not exactly yeah. the game. We told you that already. Exactly. They can't complain about it. I'll be exactly like the game. Yeah. So I think that's, I think that's a good idea. Hopefully we see from this, if this is successful, maybe more future shows and movies will do the yeah. same thing and not try to exactly replicate what we've seen before. Have you been keeping up with Halo? Have you watched the latest one, the fall of reach? I did not. Cause that came out the same day as avatar. I think, right? It did. It was very tough day. Yeah. I've been watching nothing but avatar. <laughs> since say, then. Yeah. But y'all that I'm gonna tell you right now, that's the best episode of Halo ever. Oh really? It's oh. that good. Okay. I'm going to find a time where, I can because sometimes I'll watch it just on my lunch at work or mm. ten minutes in the car, you know, when I first get home or something like that. But no, I'll dedicate some time and actually watch it uh, on the big TV. Yeah, it's the fall of reach. It needs to be experienced on the big TV. It's very, yeah. very good. Yeah. Oh man. Um. Okay. Let's go on to our next thing here. Uh. Let's go into some comic book news, guys. We try to catch up on the big comic book news. Um. Three big events we want to let you guys know about. DC unveiled their absolute power summer event coming twenty twenty four. The big primary thing is that they're going to be introducing the Trinity of Evil. Of course, we know the Trinity normally is Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Uh, we have the Trinity of Evil, which is going to have Brainiac, uh, Queen Brainiac, Failsafe, which I freaking, I am loving this Failsafe character that they're creating, or they're kind of re-emerging right now. Um, and then, what's the other one? It's Failsafe? <laughs> I forget the third one. Oh, uh, um, Amanda Wallard from Suicide Squad, the one that says about, she's going to be like mm. one of the three pinnacles of evil. 
Failsafe. Are you familiar with that character? It's kind of, no, I think it was earlier invented, but oh, Jonathan is so cool. Yeah. Failsafe is what happens if like Batman is corrupted and he needs something strong enough to kill him. Uh, and that thing got corrupted type of thing. And it's out there. Batman or it, Superman? Batman. Really? And so okay. it's like a souped up Batman machine. Mm-hmm. But what's really cool is now Failsafe, there's also this other thing. It's called like Czar Batman. Excuse the names, guys. Um, but it is a mental block he put on himself to where like if somebody mind controls Batman, there's a part of him that would kick in. They're like locked away Inception style. They would mm-hmm. kick in. That's a Batman not touched by Bruce Wayne. That would just be like, I'll just kill everybody in this room and we'll figure it out later on. And so oh, <laughs> nice. that version of Batman is now in charge of failsafe. And so it's wow. like, oh, just pure rock and roll Batman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Took the bat from Batman and isolated him and yeah. uh, gave him control. And that's cool. So it should be a really fun event. That's coming out this summer. I, I think I'm going to, it's starting in May 4th. I'm going to be grabbing that. By the way, starting May 4th, because that's free comic book day. So oh, yeah. really good day to take your kids out to a comic book store, kind of let them just shop off the covers, which is a really good way to get a kid into comic books. Boy. Uh, for Marvel, they've got two big events. Uh, first off, we have Marvel's Venom War. This is going to be pitting Eddie Brock versus his son, Dylan, uh, Dylan, what did I say? Yeah, Dylan Brock. Uh, basically, the two versions of Venom against each other. It sounds like this is going to be just kind of a, uh, it's going to be a full-out war, don't get me wrong, but both Venoms are good guys now. So it's not going to be mm-hmm. so super, super bad. Like it's, you know, after Donnie Cates and their effect on the Venom verse, Venom's not necessarily a bad character anymore. So that'll be, that'll be just fun. And you get all the Venomized characters. It'll be a hoot. That back is expect squeaks to get super into. And lastly, they're going to be doing a new comic book run. It'll be just a few uh, issues, but Wolverine and Deadpool are uniting for a few issues called weapon extraction. And uh, it's just basically to help tie in with the, uh, Deadpool and Wolverine movie. They're also going to be doing Deadpool, Wolverine, World War Three, which is a separate comic book series. So it's a good time to jump in, guys, if you're wanting to find some events coming up for uh, pretty soon. I like that they do comic books with movies sometimes. We, have, we I know we talked about some a while back. I don't even remember what movie it was, uh, but it seems like that'd be just a smart thing to do with just about every superhero movie that comes out is have either yeah. a run or at least one special issue or whatever. And uh, Sell it at the theaters. I mean, I support going to the comic Great book shops. Idea. But yeah, if you at least sell the first issue and say, okay, after this, you want to get the other ones, you know, go to your local shop or something like that. But if you just have a little stand, you know, like they have all the cutout posters and stuff like that, where you can take pictures with it and stuff. But if you're selling that first issue, that's going to get them hooked. I mean, your kid's going to go watch the movie on the way out. You buy the comic book. They're a comic book fan now. You know, I think that'd be cool. Well, you could do it like say DC makes a partnership with the theaters saying, mm-hmm. hey, we want a little stand where we're going to give away a free Batman comic for a Batman movie, say. Um, but on the stand, we're going to have the address to the local comic book shop. Yeah. That'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a local comic shop, you're like, hey, I'll bring over some free comics, but let us, or to sell comic books, but let us also have our cards there. That's, yeah. that's a good idea, Jonathan. Yeah, I think the best way to do that may be... Uh, the, the comic book is free with every ticket purchase because mm-hmm. they're not super expensive. It's the first issue. They do free comic book day. And on that comic book on the plastic, there's you, you can put a sticker from the local comic book shop that has you know their yeah. logo, their local address Smart. and all stuff or throw it on the back if you want or something like that. But I mean, you can hand out business cards too. But yeah, something so that they know like, I you know, I got the first one for free while watching the movie, but to get the rest of the series, this is where I go. Yeah, maybe cool. maybe bring in this comic book to your local comic book shop, get the second one free, and Ooh, then have the third yeah. one there to pay for. And you just get then you get people if they read three comic books, they're hooked. You know what I'm saying yeah. on a series, that's perfect. 
That's smart. Yeah. You get the second one free. Then it's like, okay, I'm going to step into that, that building yeah. and then, and see what else they got while I'm there. I'm going to get this one for my son. Cause we watched the movie together, but you know what? You know, this is the new Batman. I liked, you know, Batman, Batman back in the day. So let me go see if I can find any of the vintage ones while I'm here. That'd be, that'd be pretty smart. How are you doing on reading comic books right now? Oh, I have. So I actually started uh, watching. I got several uh, Avatar comics. I have two. I'm pointing up. I have two above my head right now. Uh, so I've been reading one of those recently. Uh, but there's so many things that I started and haven't finished. And my yeah. worst thing is I don't go back to the shop regularly. Now I don't even have one on my commute anymore uh, since I moved. So I have to make a special trip to a comic book shop to go get one. So, yeah, I. I'll get four, five, six, seven issues into something and then stop showing up. And then a month or two months later, I remember like, oh yeah, I want to get that. And then they don't have them in stock anymore. You got to try to hunt one down or buy it on eBay and it becomes a pain. So I, I, one shop I go to sometimes has bundles where they will keep all of all issues of a run and bundle them and, you know, sell it for 20 bucks or whatever. Yeah. To me, that's the best way to go. And I wish they, I wish I could just like pre-order a bundle. I honestly, now that I think about it, if I talk to somebody, They'll probably do that. The list, yeah. Yeah, they'll just hold them all, and I I can even pay in advance and everything. Um, <laughs> I like smart. how you're literally describing a pull list for somebody like, yeah, we'll hold your comic books for you. That's kind of our business. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I just need to set up a pull list. <laughs> it's, it's a good idea, but there are times I've set a pull list before where it's like, this comic book sucks, and I really don't want them to save it anymore. So then you feel bad saying like, hey, yeah. you know that money I promised you? It's just not worth it. This comic yeah, book is boring. <laughs> I've gotten to where I, so I was like, I did the pull list game. I did the go every week game. Mm-hmm. Um, I even tried digital for a long time and I was actually doing pretty good with that. Like the, the Thor's and stuff. I got to the point where it's like, I got to go back to the way I did it as a kid. I'm just mm-hmm. reading trades now. It's yeah. complete stories. You read the biggest and best stories. And then I'll watch some YouTuber that, you know, that's their thing is just comic books and they'll keep me up to date on what's going on with like fail safe or something like that. You yeah. know, like all these that I just said, I'll wait for trades on each of these. They're going to be yeah. in trades at some point in yeah. November. Now that's when I'll get them. You know, and I guess, so. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now with all the Avatar ones that, that exactly. I've gotten recently. We're all trades, so it's easier because it's all consolidated. And I do like you get little um, notes in the margins from yeah. the artist or from the creators and stuff. So There's bonus pages that are that bonus. way. It's really neat. Yeah. 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 I'm right now uh, All-Star Superman. I wanted to read that trade, and I'm, I'm finishing it up right now, but it's by Grant Morrison. The reason I wanted to do it is because it's the inspiration for the new Superman Legacy movie. Right. And next to Super, Supergirl World of Tomorrow. And then, you know, I'm just going to do like these big trades each month mm-hmm. now it's just the way to go it's a complete yeah. stories i do want to go back to the shop at some point and find i'm trying to find more i'd like to find more kind of sci-fi or comics that i like that i think would be great to read to my son when he's i mean he's a good age to pay attention now but as he gets a little older too um so that i can kind of get him hooked but i want to get uh <laughs> like i'm a dealer or something like that <laughs> so i can try to get him hooked but so i can find something that he likes that we could read together and stuff uh, but I want to be able to get the full series of that, you know, story. So, uh, that's hard to find, but I found a couple that, I, that I like, but I need to go back and hunt for the individual comics or see if they have a trade of it. Cause it, the two that I've found are just kind of like no name, um, comics that aren't real popular. So might it's be hard, hard to, to find those. those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just interviewed Jerry Carita, who's making a comic book for kids, uh, the Grizzly crew. Once mm-hmm. he has a few of those banked up, I'll make sure to grab those for you. Nice. Uh, it's a pirate themed. Well, I mean, you can't go wrong with that, right? And they're all teddy yeah. bears. Um, they're t- they're bears. I said teddy. That's not fair. <laughs> but yeah, that's a good idea, guys. Uh, those guys listening, if you could think of a kind of good kid friendly, I guess we should say, comic mm-hmm. book series, shoot it our way. That's a good thing to discuss. I never thought about that really. Yeah. So that's a good idea. 
This episode of Geek Freaks is brought to you by Paramount's Halo. Dive deep into the epic universe of Halo, where the battle between humanity and the Covenant unfolds like never before. Season 1 has landed on Blu-ray, bringing the rich lore, intense action, and stunning visuals of the Halo franchise right to your screen. Grab your copy today, link in the description. And the saga continues with Season 2, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Join Master Chief and his allies as they embark on a new adventure. Face formidable enemies and uncover mysteries that will change the course of the war. Don't miss a moment of the action. Start watching now by clicking the link in the description. Paramount Taylor, where heroes are born, legends are made, and the fate of humanity hangs in the balance. Watch now and join the fight for the future. Moving on to Nintendo, they announced mm-hmm. a bunch of games, but three that we care about, if we're being honest. Uh, first off, Super Monkey Ball Banana Rumble. This is the first time this is being made in 10 years. And it's one of Nintendo staples. Uh, they did an app, but you know, with the microtransactions, man, I can't stand playing some of these apps. It's just mm-hmm. not worth it. Uh, we have Epic Mickey Rebrushed, which is an old Wii game. They're redesigning it. looks clean. And it's a, just a cool adventure game. This is one of Squeaks' favorite games. Um, so they're, they're, they're polishing up that. That's cool and all. But what I really care about, John, and I think you need to buy this with me, Star Wars Battlefront Classic Collection. The first Ooh. two Battlefronts. And they're making it all online, 64 player maps. Oh, really? Yes, exactly what you wanted when you were playing in the, the old days. Oh, <laughs> that's cool. And so, remind me, this is the old Battlefront where you aren't a Jedi until you like level up and you can be a Jedi for like 20 yes. seconds, right? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was the best. That was the best one. I have yeah. Battlefront 2, I think it is, and I, did, I barely played it. And I the wish new I played Battlefront it more. Is but what you have, though, right? Y- yeah. And it's good. It's good. Yeah. It just for some reason it didn't capture the like it's me against an army. Yeah, that these ones did. So that's yeah. why I'm kind of like I'm anxious to get back to these ones. And it, I think that's I think it's where you're like drowning or you're struggling to survive, and then you hit that like boost where oh wait I'm a god for a minute. Yeah, and then you get that that endorphin rush where you're like oh man this is so fun, and then it's like okay now I'm back to being a nobody. I have to fight to survive. Let me go just long enough so that I can get that dopamine fix yeah. again or whatever it is. Like and I then, push okay, that wave off just enough to breathe. And then yeah. like here. <laughs> so I remember like being Darth Maul and leaping over the buildings on Tatooine just yeah. to like wreck face real fast for a while. <laughs> and it's like, okay, oh, I'm man. back. But I pushed back that wave. So uh, but that's going to be a lot of fun. They're adding a couple characters. They're actually, for those people that are like, oh, but I liked being a Jedi the whole time. They are actually putting in a game mode where it's just Jedis and Sith against each other the whole time. Nice. So there you go. You get that fixed too. But by far the thing that's going around online, everybody's excited for is the 64 people maps. Uh, this is coming out March 14th. It sounds like it's going to be coming out for 30 bucks. I think mm-hmm. it's a total fair price. And um, yeah, it's coming out for PS5 and PC and everything. So everybody can cross play and all that fun stuff. It's going to be a, it's going to be a hoot. Where do you buy it for PC? Steam. Oh, okay, good. And that's that'll a, play on your Steam Deck too. That's where I go for everything. Oh yeah, even better. There you go. <laughs> oh, I hope, I'm hoping it'll be optimized for the Steam Deck. There's only a few games. Because because the sequel was optimized mm-hmm. for PSP, so oh, okay. That's right. I bet it's not much to do. And I, one of the underrated things is the campaign for these games, where they would just like take over the galaxy and you'd go yeah. from planet. To, it was a really good catch up on the story for Star Wars for new people. I'm excited. Jonathan, let's get into Avatar. Start oh, us off then. Yeah. Um. So how do we want to break it down? Do you want to talk about the whole story or, I mean, I, I like, let me just say this. I liked the new Netflix live action avatar. Uh, to me, it's very good. They do have to condense 20 episodes of the animated series into eight episodes 
of the live action, which I don't know why. I don't know why they have to condense it down. I mean, make 20 episodes. I'd be happy with that. But it's a good complete story, though. Like, I, I, I honestly, in the first season, like the, the third season, I could see two. I could see a break. Mm-hmm. But in the first season, I don't see a halfway point. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to find a spot that's worthy of ending it like that Northern Water Tribe is. Yeah, that was a, it is a good stopping point. There's several uh, episodes in season one that I think could have been just removed. And some of them they did, and some of them they they included them and just kind of made them smaller. Yeah. Uh, and there's several episodes where they kind of cut pieces and put them together to make it Combined them. condensed. Yeah, like three we or four episodes. We got to Omashu. We added in the Air Temple story with uh, yeah. Sai and, and Teo. And, and the Jet story. Jet story got yep. added in there too. But yeah. I actually think that turned out pretty well. Yeah, I think, I that, think they, that worked they, well. I think they did a good job. Uh, I think they were careful to like delicately merge those stories and not just like cut and, you know, squish them together kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a, I'm trying not to point out any of the negatives because several things that are like, Oh, I wish this was done a little different or something like that. But be honest, but, John, that if it's negative, be honest, about it. we'll discuss it out. There's a lot of good, but okay. One thing I You're comparing it to a masterpiece. We all are aware of that. True. So it's, you know, and I don't know how much, um, I, I, so I wish the original creators stayed on board cause there's a lot of little details. I feel like were kind of missed, uh, that might've been corrected with their influence. Uh, one thing, and it's probably a director's choice is a Paul Sung Hung Lee. Am I saying that right? Yep. Also playing Lee, uncle yep. Iroh. He's an amazing actor playing an amazing character. And I think, I think it, I, I'm going to blame the director. I'm hoping it's, it's fair enough to say, uh, I think he just missed the character a little bit. Really? Oh, I thought he did quite good. Part of it is I noticed almost everybody in the show speaks too fast, and especially his character. He has to speak slow and wise, and he's speaking a little too fast and seems too young and youthful, when he's, which makes him seem less like a wise mentor and more like mm. just the fun uncle. And I, that, that, I don't know, it kind of bugs me whenever I'm watching it. Um. I'm looking forward to your second viewing. I wonder if that'll stay through true because I think once you're used to the speed of the show, maybe that'll level out. I, I see what you're saying. Um, I thought it was really, I, there's a couple scenes specifically um, his son's funeral. Mm-hmm. And, and then when uh, Zuko is going to go to the Northern air, Northern water temple alone. And they have that kind of goodbye moment there on the, on the ship yeah. where I was like, this is peak avatar. Yeah. Very, they're good at doing the touching scenes for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, oh shoot! Oh, oh! Uh, when you watch Kim's convenience with him, you know, oh, playing yeah. Mr. Kim, I, I was so excited because the way he does that character, I'm like, oh, that's very close to what Uncle Iroh is. The way he's, you know, the mannerisms and stuff like that. Yeah, like it wouldn't take much yeah. to go between, you know, somewhere between that character and his character on Star Wars. I'm like he's totally got the range, so he'll nail it. And so he could do the character the way I wanted to see it. But mm-hmm. I think it's probably, I'm assuming director's guidance that kind of uh, pulled him away from that a little bit. I'm hoping. Yeah. Uh, but either way, it's still very, very good character. As for the original creators, it sounds like my prediction a little bit is what they pulled away from is kind of the lack of maybe joy that's in this. Mm. Not the, not joy in general, but like, obviously there's a whimsy, a lightheartedness in the animated version that this is a more mature audience show. It just is. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like you're seeing the fire nation attack the air temple in the beginning mm-hmm. and it's, it's a genocide. Death it instruction. Really yeah. 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 And I think they did a really good job at kind of tempering. There's still a little bit of playful humor and mainly mm-hmm. around Aang and his, his age and his kind of naiveness in the beginning of the show. 
which yeah. I think they did a good job at capturing that without making it silly and, you know, unnecessarily silly. It would just kind of feel awkward. Uh, another thing is of, of the cast. Well, I'll ask you first before I dive in of the characters. Who do you think was most accurately portrayed? In no, the show? I, honestly, not going to lie. I thought Azira was number one. Oh, really? Gyatsu. Uh, I think it was very, very well done. Very well, yeah. Um, it took a while, but Sokka grew on me quite a bit. But that took a while. That's what I was going to say. I think Sokka, to me, is one of the best fits, and it's the biggest surprise for me, because he's, yeah. to me, one of the least interesting characters. Like, he's very kind of just, you know, the brother that's tagging along yeah, or whatever. He's a horny teenager. Yeah. 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 But I I think he was just very effectively cast or, or portrayed really well. Um, and the Fire Lord. There's a few scenes where oh, he's, he he's just it. a little, yeah. Uh, there's a there's a couple scenes that kind of I wasn't happy with, but most for the most part he's like a perfect casting for it. When he's egging on like the Azula Versuko thing, though, like <laughs> yeah, that's like, like that's that. pure Fire Lord. I think Azula is a little bit young, but that's she's also not much in season one, if all in season one. Yeah. So we're kind of getting her ahead of time, anyways. And I think she'll all these characters. That's one of the things I was talking to Thomas about is all these characters going to age up rather quickly as the show mm-hmm. goes on, and that's only going to benefit them, in my opinion. I think <laughs> Aang added four years is going to very be very much like ready for the fire lord yeah and we're going to see them all do that soon yeah i'm curious with azula if she, she to me she doesn't look like the bitter angry girl that she is in the show yeah so i'm wondering if maybe as she ages up a little bit because she just kind of has like the soft round face that doesn't look even when she does like that that angry face that she holds a lot yeah just doesn't look intimidating and i'm wondering you know i think her character had like a sharp jaw line and stuff like that it was just just looked mean uh, but, but it, maybe it, in that too, a it, that's a characteristic we're seeing in Zuko as well. His face is rounder than the True. animated Zuko as well. So it's kind of at least sticks with the family thing. Uh, I like how much they played into the sibling rivalry, sibling rivalry yeah. uh, that drives them both and kind of pushed it harder on Zuko than they had in the past, mm-hmm. um, which helps him accept the fact that the Fire Lord and the Fire Nation is lying to him. That's mm-hmm. a harder decision for him to come to the you know, like, harder decision for him to make. In the animated version, because he doesn't have the oh well, they were just favoring Azula, yeah. And so I think them using that was really kind of like oh, we'll make that decision easy for you. You're screwed either way, you know. <laughs> um, what else was there? There's there's a lot that was good. Oh, uh, so some things they they don't wait for a reveal; they just tell you the information up front. Mm-hmm. One of them that to me was a little it was an emotional scene, well done, but it was a missed opportunity was uh, Iroh mourning the death of his son. Where yes. <clears throat> instead of the, I mean, the episode in the animated series is beautiful and then heartbreaking, where it's yeah. just him peacefully walking through uh, Earthbender uh, Season village. Season two, though. That's when they're yeah. in Bossing Say, where they, that all happens. Yeah. So I think we're going to get that scene, but in, <clears throat> in Season two. Sorry, I don't want to stop you on oh, that, John, okay. but I wanted to say that's really a big part of Bossing Say. So I wonder why they pulled that story ahead and told it now. Well, just character development. Maybe. I think it's to defend why he goes with, because at that time of the funeral, he's fire Lord. And mm-hmm. then like fast forward a little bit, he's going with the outcasted Zuko who just lost the acne Kai and he's leaving. Basically he's going to be banished with his nephew essentially, right? He's going to be out on the road for three years at minimum yeah. um, for what is an impossible task. And I think they has to they had to kind of like build up a why Zuko and um, Iroh had that relationship before they showed him leaving with him. So that's another thing I think it wasn't portrayed the same with Iroh is that because he seems more youthful and everything in this, him being like the kind of feeble old man 
makes it like, well, he's just kind of wandering. He doesn't have anywhere to be. You know, we don't need justification Hmm. for why this mighty, you know, fire nation general is just hanging out with a teenager. It's like, well, no, he's just, he's just grandpa pretty much. We just kind of drag him along because he has nowhere better to be. And I, I like how in the, in the animated show, they portrayed him like that early on. And then they kind of develop his character to, to show you that, no, he's actually very smart and very, uh, you know, sentimental. And he's, He's looking after his nephew and it's because he lost his son and he actually cares about his nephew. He knows the truth about his origin, all that stuff. And he knows the future that he has or that he potentially can have as the next fire Lord. So he's investing in that, you know, early. And I think he, uh, I think he sees his sister-in-law in in his, Mm -hmm. in his nephew too, uh, which was uh, Roku's daughter. So uh, a much better line than granddaughter. Granddaughter, there we go. Yeah. A much better line than Sozin's side of things. Yeah. But which is very much the Fire Lord's <laughs> anger and Azula's insanity. Yeah. Also, for people listening, I'm pretty sure in the last episode we talked about Avatar, we had a lot of stuff wrong as we were thinking of, as I was thinking about it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We do that all the time, but Yeah. We were we were guessing. That was the whole thing was predicting what could have been, and it wasn't that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it, well, yeah. I will say the reason that's the case <clears throat> is because this is a very surface level adaptation, which I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, because it has eight episodes and not the breadth of 20 episodes that mm-hmm. and the 20 episodes, by the way, are half, half the length. So kind of keep that in mind, guys, True. but it, it's missing a lot of the nuances that makes Avatar the Last Airbender so lasting. The mm-hmm. little nods, the little touches, the little, you know, conversations between Iroh and Zuko and Aang and Katara. It's missing a lot of that nuances, but we're getting a very solid surface level adaptation. So much so that I really cannot imagine a better adaptation for that final two episodes, especially oh, the final yeah. one. Like yeah. that was like, oh. that is literally what was done in the show. Like you really couldn't yeah. do that much better. And, and as I rewatched it, I noticed the first two episodes were also almost exactly the first two episodes of the animated, of the animated series. And in you know, six episodes or five episodes in the middle. Yeah. They merged a lot of the smaller yeah. stories that were just kind of, you know, character development and stuff, but less important to the to the overarching story they merged a lot of those together and then yeah at the end they have full episodes explaining you know the the big battle to come and stuff like that so that was i think they did a good job doing that not speeding through the intro or speeding through the big battle or all the critical stuff is still there well what's cool too is when they when zuko and iroh go to the bar and eventually Mm -hmm. they hire june they mentioned like oh yeah they did this thing in the canyon and then they did this so the drunks (laughs) at the bar explaining that they're still having those other episodes. You're just not seeing them in the live action version. I even had that in my notes somewhere. So I started going through and uh, listing the names of the episodes, which I haven't finished, but all the animated series episodes mm-hmm. uh, to see like what episode is, is in which, you know, how many did they merge together and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, that was one of my notices that that story, they don't tell the whole story, but yeah, the, the uh, fighting the Canyon crawlers with the Canyon yeah. guides and stuff like that. Uh, there was, there was a second one too, two, two episodes that they just kind of mentioned like, Oh yeah, I heard that they did this thing. The pirates. They um, mentioned the pirates. And so that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, I think that was a good one to skip, but they, they moved how the scroll was found is that her mm-hmm. grandma, Katara's grandma gave her uh, the scroll before she left or hid it in her bag. And then, so we didn't need the whole adventure where she steals from the pirates and then they're getting chased down and stuff like that. Um, makes you it easy. Missing some of that episode. morality point of it though like is stealing worth it for the greater good that's Mm -hmm. kind of a morality thing they didn't show there um that was one of the things too is with Sokka not being so sexist in the beginning with the Kyoshi Warriors 
Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's good that he's learning. Like, I just need to be a better warrior, and you guys are clearly it. He's also not learning the lesson of like, I shouldn't be a sexist pig, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which could be a good lesson for kids, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. So a lot of that that moral, which maybe isn't such actually that whole sexist thing, probably isn't as necessary of a story for kids to hear right. anymore because as a culture, I think we're moving away from that being a default that we're correcting. Um, but yeah, like you pointed out earlier, there's a lot of just character development stuff, kind of, you know, smaller, but still important stories that we're losing, uh, by combining this down and making it shorter series. Yeah. Uh, I would say sound wise, they nailed it. Uh, it has a mm-hmm. overall, the arcing soundtrack is very cinematic and whatnot, you know, like you'd expect from a Netflix series. Yeah. But when they got to battles, when they got to serious moments, when they got to important moments that you recognize if you're an old fan, they make sure to use the original Avatar music to kind of go in there with it. Mm-hmm. And then anytime that Zuko, during the funeral scene specifically, uh, Zuko and Iroh have these touching moments, mm-hmm. you hear leaves on the vine and I hold back tears the entire time. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's, they get you, man. <laughs> yeah, they have that playing in the background. I was like, oh man, I know every every Avatar fan is cranking it up right now so they can hear that clear. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a good a good uh, addition to have that in. Yeah. I mean, you, you-, you can't, you can't talk about him losing a son and not have that song in it. Yeah. And I, I hope in season two, we do get that moment where he's in bossing sick. Cause a lot of that episode two is him kind of like, I laid siege to this thing for 600 days and I'm here yeah. and this is my one place where I'm finding peace. That's true. I guess it's okay. They introduced the, that part of his life early, but as long as later on, they still have that episode. I just love that, that reveal how, what a turn it was that this whole time he's walking through this town. It's, to go mourn his yeah. son's death. It's like, ah, oh, man. Jonathan, you want to get, you want to get real sad about that? Mm-hmm. Um, I believe his name is Mako, the original voice actor for Iroh. Let me just find it real quick. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mako. Um, God, it, it kills me. So at the end of him singing that song, it pans out, you see, in loving memory of Mako. Mm-hmm. Mako knew he was dying of cancer when he recorded that song, and he knew that that was his goodbye to the fans. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah. So every time you hear that song, it's literally the voice actor saying goodbye. Wow. To us. Yeah. That's it's... rough. Why are you going to tell me that stuff? <laughs> I know, Jeez. dude. That no, song kills good. me. I mean, I'm a grown ass man. And I see that song still and I'm just like, everybody stop what you're doing. I've got to pay attention. You know, it just hits me so hard. Beautiful. I know. It's like other people are watching football and they tell everyone to quiet down in the room. It's like, no, no, no. I'm watching Avatar. Everyone needs to leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, uh, that's beautiful, crazy. beautiful, beautiful show, beautiful work. Uh, visually, uh, what'd you think of, of the visuals? I, I think they did really good. I was going to mention the CGI <laughs> animation. Uh, it looks flawless. I didn't see maybe some fast moving scenes here and there just are a little bit more noticeable than others. Um, but for the most part, especially like I was worried about Appa and Momo. Yeah, yeah. I think they did a great job. I don't, I didn't see anywhere where I was like, Oh yeah, that's super duper fake or anything like that. I kind of wish they lightened up. There was times, the only time I had a complaint, like I understand the CGI is as good as it can be for the budget they had. The budget mm-hmm. was far smaller than one piece's budget, by the way, guys. Oh really? Um, yeah. But the CGI I thought on Appa, like it could have been a little bit brighter sometimes. I thought maybe they darkened mm-hmm. it just to kind of hide some of the hair. Yeah, um, behind the scenes though, it showed like anytime you see them on the back of Appa, it's mm-hmm. literally just a scale of Appa. They made that Appa. Yeah. So that's actually that's really cool. a thing. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think about the bending? To me, the most of them seem pretty real. One or two of them didn't follow the same kind of rules, which kind of bugged yeah. me a little bit. The reflection of water, I, th- I understand, is hard to do. Uh, mm-hmm. Fire bending looks flawless all the time because it's just fire. They We've always wanted to make sp- explosions. 
Yeah. Uh, earthbending is pretty solid. I, I, airbending, what do you, you can't mess that up. I mean, the rules, by the way, we'll talk about that here in a bit. The rules of airbending are far different in this one than it is normally. Okay. But um, the waterbending, the reflection of the water didn't look quite good. But mm-hmm. during the final battle, uh, Katara jumps off the ship and then catches herself with water, puts her up, like, which is kind of a classic move of hers. Yeah. And they, they even CG at her. It's pretty kind of obvious that they CG at her in it, too. But I was mm-hmm. like, that's so smooth that I kind of glad they just CGI'd that all. It, it's kind of yeah. like how sometimes you just got to show Spider-Man swinging and know that it's, it's just what it would look like. Yeah. I, I liked, I think the fire bending was the most accurate of all of them. Yes, I agree. Uh, to me, the earth bending, it didn't look bad. Like, I don't think the CGI was too rough on it. I just think they physically didn't bend the same way the animated series did, where it, I get it was like big pushes and punches, but it was more like telekinesis because they would get the rock out of the ground and they're always holding a rock and getting ready to punch it. When most earth bending is my foot hits the ground, that force carries into the rock and it keeps moving. It's one one smooth motion, yeah. which all bending is supposed to be a smooth motion that carries from you, your energy into the element. Yeah. And theirs was often like, I, I use all this force. I bring up a rock and then I hold it until I'm ready. And then I launch it. And that should be a rare situation that you're trying to shoot something out of the sky. Not a frequent attack. I think. Yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. And I, maybe there was less emphasis on the different versions of martial arts for mm-hmm. each of the nations. Uh, that being said, the Zuko actors, his martial arts is flawless. I, I mm-hmm. mean, that thing was so cool. The way he did that spin kick a few yeah. times. Yeah. Very cool. Even when no, I didn't see fire sport. daggers. Are we, are we waiting to fire reveal daggers, that later or what? So fire daggers is so funny. He said this cause Thomas didn't know about those. And I was like, it's cause you didn't watch the pilot, the unaired pilot. You and me did. We oh. had the, we had the DVDs. So we watched the mm-hmm. unaired pilot that shows the fire daggers outside of that. He doesn't have it for like three seasons. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. So that's not a thing most people know about is fire oh. daggers. Dang, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I wonder when I wonder when then does he use them in the future? Is it when he fights uh Ozai? Doesn't he have a, a it, it might be when he's fighting um Azula. Not the not the big fight that is so crazy cool. Yeah. But um one of their many yeah. fights, like on the beach and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember that. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh but visually I think they did a pretty solid job. I mean, Amashu looked gorgeous. Yeah. The Northern Water tribe looks gorgeous. Mm. Um, I think when he's in the spirit realm, the fact that they were able to capture Ko so well, I was like, holy shit. That oh, was yeah, they did Ko. a good job with Ko. And the I big so- owl, too, which is not really supposed to be in that episode, but still awesome. Yeah. I was hoping that at the end, I felt like when Ko left, it was like, wait, you should have had one more little scene there. And they kind of mm-hmm. cut it short. But I, the fact that they did Ko uh, represented so well mm-hmm. uh, was, was really cool. Yeah. The, how do you think about how the spirit world looked? Do you think it, that was a good visual representation of it or they should have, to me, I don't know. I, I think it's good enough, yeah. but I think I would have liked it if it was more like spirits. This is like a, a color shifted plane. Other dimension, like the upside down, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think if you were to do Legend of Korra is when you got to invest in the spirit world because yeah. Avatar is not much of a spirit world show. Like yeah. I think really we're at the edge of it at this point. Right. I mean, Dealing with the uh, uh, moon and ocean spirits, kind of the end of the spirit world focus in Avatar, if I remember correctly, outside yeah. of the lion turtle, which they do reference, by the way. Yeah. And I like how Zhao, um, at this time, Admiral Zhao's like, oh, there's something oh, about a fire. About oh, a lion turtle. It's like, bro, 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 <laughs> that's everything right there. <laughs> Don't put that yeah. one away. He's, he's like trying to just skim through stuff. He's like, it's just about animals. It's not important. It's like, no, that's like no. the creation of bending. <laughs> yeah, that's what will take down the fire lord. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, uh, so, so you're saying you think airbending wasn't 
physically the same. And can fly. Oh, so I, watching it in the second, that was one of the things that kind of bugged me too. Is like, well, he can fly, but then when you watch back the animated version, he can just not so whimsically, not so freely, and it takes more effort. He will like use his clothes, inflate, and you know, blow air against the ground, and and make himself fall slower and make himself do like a super jump over stuff and things like that it looks a little more free or more powerful or you know overpowered in live action i think but Mm -hmm. i think also them having him come down from that high point where he kind of he does like fly to another point and he floats down so easily then yeah it's too much flying without his glider he has a glider he has full-on flight already yeah we don't need him to be able to fly without it. So I think they should have nerfed that that freedom to fly a little bit. And when he's flying and fighting the the uh, like when he's going at Avatar State, he's using the air to fly. Mm-hmm. It's a bubble that circles around him because yeah. it's such. And then outside of that, when you actually get flight that looks like what you saw on screen in the live action, mm-hmm. only Zaheer from both Avatar and Korra flies like that, and that's because he reached that enlightenment from being in prison for so long by the White Lotus. Yeah. So you have to be. It, it's all about being so in prison that there is no dis- no difference between you and the air around you. Mm-hmm. And Aang never learns that ability. So to see him yeah. immediately do that right away, I was like, don't you ung this for me. But it was, <laughs> it was, you know, it was serviceable, but that really did throw me off. Yeah. At his, at his level, it should take a tornado to lift you. I mean, it, right. a large amount of air. And I've seen that in a lot of stuff that the air bending, they make air seem stronger than it is when mm-hmm. you should portray. It's a very soft element. It takes a shit ton of air to do anything. Yeah. And so, you know, like when he steals the keys, I get it's I'm pretty sure it's the same way in the animated series, too. Yeah, he's but floating it. You need to fill that whole room with moving air to be able to move solid keys that have no flat yeah. surface that can catch the air in any way. You got to do a lot of air pressure to be you see somebody like balance a screwdriver with an air gun. That's like 200 PSI of air. Like that's yeah. not it's not just a little gust. So I, I like the know. addition, which I don't know if it was something that was from the original show. That Aang had to focus on holding back his abilities. I like that, yeah. That was we, good. I, I don't think we saw that the other kids didn't want to play with him because he was too good. Or once once they found out he was the avatar, then it's like he has an unfair advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was already just like creating his own games and and just, you know, a smart kid that wanted to have fun. Uh but they yeah, in the animated show they didn't necessarily show that he had more power than the other kids because Which he was the avatar. Makes sense with the arrow because Aang's granddaughter when she gets there it's because she's finally a master and mm-hmm. so I was like oh yeah why does Aang have an arrow already I didn't really think about that yeah Avatar. and I like that they actually explain that in this that he has the arrow at only 12 because he's the youngest uh, airbender to master airbending yeah so he got his tattoos already he's like oh that's really cool um, and then we see like oh yeah the monk we, we, we saw in the animated series too that the monks didn't want to tell him that he was the Avatar because you're supposed to wait till they're 16 I think it is Mm-hmm. Uh, but because they see see the impending uh, attack from the Fire Nation, they need to get him ready to defend their people and and train in the four elements. But uh, I thought that I mean it's convenient for them that he's twelve, yeah. yeah but he has already mastered airbending. Okay, maybe he's ready. Uh, but yeah, he's which not makes sense ready. when you see Cora later on too. When Cora's just like a toddler and is already bending multiple elements, you're like, yeah. that is crazy powerful. It's like, oh, that's right. This show's kind of saying like. The Avatar just naturally has very good bending abilities. It's all about controlling them. Yeah. So it's like, okay, yeah, if you're a toddler and you're grumpy, like a little baby core was a little bastard. Throwing a tantrum. It's yeah. like it's throwing rocks <laughs> at people and stuff. It's like, okay, yeah, 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 I see that now. All right. That's crazy. Um, 
anything it's guys we could go on forever on this that's why over at challenge accepted we literally dived into every episode tail end to tail end and, and analyzed and everything but please check those out we're actually thinking about doing like in two weeks a revisit of avatar after we kind of like let everything settle for a little bit no ways. maybe you want to join like just really think about that because there's so much more yeah. um but for now jonathan what do you think of uh what kind of grade are you going to give this series uh, a plus i love it there's yeah. small things i would change but nothing worth complaining about it's uh i think they did a great job especially ha- you know putting a a, long, a 20 episode run or whatever and condensing it down uh i think they did it perfectly i'm not gonna complain i will say uh i tried hard when i'm watching this like okay if i wasn't an avatar fan how would i see this did they do they show that well yeah, I was thinking the same thing, and I I think I'd have to get. I, w- I was hoping you know somebody who didn't see it would be joining us on this episode because yeah, that would be somebody who didn't watch the animated one mm-hmm. but did watch the live action because that would be really hard to 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 see it through that lens, right? I mean, yeah. we've already watched it and we love it and we couldn't wait for it. And then yeah, would it be kind of gerrymandered? Would it be pushed together too much? A little too rushed for somebody who hasn't I was seen it. Fellas at it. Like I was in with that funeral scene. Like we caught leaves on the vine and it, it might just turn the emotion all the way to the top. Yeah. For somebody who didn't like what's that tune in the background. Like maybe yeah. they wouldn't know. Who are they even talking about? Like I missed the name. What, what do we, what's yeah. this about? <laughs> yeah. Has your wife seen the original this season? Yeah, I don't know if she's seen them all through, okay. but we've watched it together a lot. Okay. So, so she's not going to work. We got to find somebody. So yeah. Let us know, guys, if you haven't seen the original Avatar series and you're watching the live action one, we'd love to hear your opinion on it. That would be great. Yeah. Um, what I'm watching, I, I was giving it an 8 out of 10 the whole time. Oh. And then that final episode, especially, maybe two episodes, mm-hmm. it bumped yeah. up to 9. Yeah. And there are some subtle nuances. I'll say that it missed the mark on Azula, I think, is missing the mark on her character a little bit too much. A little bit, yeah. It took a, took a second to get used to the Aang and Sokka of the two of them. I think Katara nailed it just through and through. Mm-hmm. I think she's being a great Katara. Um, nine out of ten, I think yeah. is, is my best bet. And that that All final right. episode, I just could not imagine them doing that any better. Yeah, it's crazy. They they did change a little bit. I can't remember exactly, but they changed a little bit about how the moon spirit from the girl, um, was it Suki? Uh, uh, uh Ue is the last one. Ue. Suki is, right. the, uh, is the Kyoshi. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, about how Ue uh, returns her spirit. It was slightly different. I can't remember exactly how. Um. Yue's body doesn't go away in the animated one. I think she just is dead. Oh, yeah. And Sokka's, I think in Sokka's arms, right? Yeah. I'm almost positive. And in this one, she just vanished. I thought it was like, oh, that's kind of nice to have not have like a dead girl. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Oh, and he didn't. That's right. He had to use um, the fire general. I can't remember his name. Had to use a certain dagger. Oh, yeah. Zhao. Yeah. Zhao. Yeah. And uh, but in, in the animated series, I think I'm pretty sure he burns him. He he hits the boy with yeah, the fire right. blast. But I like I like that dagger because then it brought in Avatar. A Karuk or something? Karuk. Yeah. Brought Karuk. him in as like because I was fighting because then it brings in Ko, which I was like, oh, that's so cool that they're bringing in Ko even now. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, which that was that was just incredible. Yeah. Roku was really well done. I look forward to seeing yes. more Roku. Oh, yeah. See, so yeah, we see. Oh, yeah, I can't imagine this. The when Aang learns firebending, uh, him and Zuko, and they they meet the two dragons. Yes. Oh, uh, that'll be cool. Yeah, the two actors that played Aang and Zuko, they were saying like the thing they're looking forward to the most is the friendship those two will develop. Yeah. And that one scene where they had like after the Blue Spirit episode, which I thought they did as oh, good as you could do yeah, with Blue Spirit yeah. episode. I um, love that so much of it was accurate to the show, even when they were when they were trying to flee and they're using those. Uh, ladders and they're they're like uh stick yes. walking with the ladders or whatever on stilts 
uh, as we're watching, I was like, oh my God, that's exactly how they did it in the other show. I'm surprised they, I mean, that seems hard to reenact, but yeah, they did it really well. Even the cool. backing out with a knife to his neck, I was like, yeah. that's that's exactly it right there. He even he draws a little blood. That's cool. Are the Yeon, I think they're called uh, archers in the animated one. That might be something too that's new. I think uh, it was just a regular archer. I don't think it was like a specific archer. No, I believe they are. Damn, I'd have to watch it again. They did a good yeah. job then. Okay. Yeah, I'm almost positive. They were specially trained. I don't know if they were necessarily sent from the Fire Lord. Yeah. But they were specially trained to be or like Azula. The, yeah. the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nine yeah, out of ten, like guys. And, and Jolly gave it an A plus. You gotta yeah. watch it. Please let us know what you guys thought if you're not an animated fan, so we can figure out if it, how what you guys think about it. But mm -hmm. it's totally worth the watch. And we're again go check out Challenge Accepted. We deep dive all of it, and we're probably gonna revisit it soon because we're having a lot of fun over there. Ah, uh, Jalen, it was good to watch. Do you yeah. have? How should we end this? You want to do recommendations? Um, my only recommendation is going to be Avatar. That's all I've been watching lately. I mean, catch I, up on Halo as well because I'm I'm behind on it myself. Yeah, next week we're going to have a review for Helldivers, guys. Mm. Uh, I know everybody's going crazy for that game, and um, I, I myself haven't played because I'm playing other games. So, uh, <laughs> but Squeaks is playing right now, and he's going to give us a review on Helldivers. Um, he was supposed to do it this week, and he's like, I've only played it once. I got the girls this week, and I was like, I, I don't care. <laughs> give them an iPad, and let's start playing. <laughs> I, I want to I review for that game. But yeah, he'll be on next week to do that. All right. Thank you very much for joining us, guys. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.